Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Kingdom Driven Family Podcast with your host, Andrea Schwartz. This podcast will equip and empower you to help advance Christ's kingdom through God's primary institution, the family, building a home that serves Christ and His kingdom. This is Andrea Schwartz, along with my co-host, Nancy Wilk, for another edition of Homeschooling Help. How was your Easter, Nancy? Oh, it was very good, Andrea. How about yours? Um, I got to see family, and uh, it's always good to hear good sermons. I I listened to a really wonderful sermon on the resurrection and what it means for us. So uh, I know a lot of people are on spring break right now, whenever homeschoolers actually take their spring breaks. I guess that's a very fluid kind of thing. But we thought we would continue um, our discussion on thinking outside the box. Yes. This has been a very interesting, interesting conversations. I really appreciate it. So yeah, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about how to do practical research, teaching the skill of doing practical research. And I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, this is the reason why I'm not sure I'll homeschool past grammar school. I just don't think I'm capable, things like that. Yeah. Well, you know, when you hear about research, when I hear about research, I remember high school and out and stacks and stacks and stacks of index cards documenting <laughs> every everything you know and so it really feels very cumbersome when you when i hear the word um research right. and and i also think about like medical research papers and abstracts and all these things and it just feels like you get overwhelmed really really quickly right Now, just like a lot of things, like people think education is strictly academic. Well, there is an academic education and the kind of research you just talked about is very important. And of course, it needs to be done honestly, which unfortunately Mm -hmm. today, not all research and the conclusions that come from them are honest conclusions based on what was learned. But the title of this was practical research. And if you learn how to do practical research, then when the time comes that you might have to do a more formal presentation from your research, you're not unfamiliar with how you find things out, which is really what research is, searching something again to get Mm -hmm. more out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the easiest way these days to research something is just to Google it. Well, that's down the line. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Okay. Google is a terrible place to do research unless there's some fundamental foundational underpinnings. But let's go back. Kids are naturally researchers. And if um, you don't think so, spend some time with a young little person who can talk. And Mm -hmm. what do you hear? What's that? Why? Why does that happen? When? Are we there yet? I mean, they're constantly asking questions and those questions are trying to find out more information. In the very real estate. Here comes the train, mute me. Oh, here comes the train. Okay, I'm gonna mute her because yeah, we have this uh, mute situation where she's right near a train station and as it comes through. Okay, but I'll go on. The whole idea of children wanting to find things out 
uh, has, oops, did I lose you there? I think I might've lost you there. Nope. Okay. Um, children trying to find things out is that they're constantly asking questions. And when you ask questions, you're getting information. And so learning how to go ahead and sift through that information is very important. So from the beginning, there has to be a standard by which to say, is my information good? So the first people who get our information from are our parents. So mommy tells us that's the color blue. Somebody tells us now we're having dinner. So we're, we're getting our information. Now, if we want more information, which little children often do, you go and you ask questions. And then as you ask those questions and you get answers, you start building up a body of knowledge. Well, it's not enough to just make it your parents, because if your parents are just the authority because they're your parents, then what you end up with is just one view of things. So the parents have to present the idea of the Bible um, being uh, more than just a um, more than just a book. It's the book. And so as your children learn the scripture, and as your children um, are given questions and opportunities to talk about application, they're getting a basis on which any research they do subsequently will be based on truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when the kids are saying, why, why, what's that? How come, you know, we shouldn't be irritated by that. We need to keep giving them answers because they are establishing their, their, um, their research and exploring those things. We want to give them consistently and as we are consistent in answering, I think, don't, don't we um, demonstrate the consistency of God's word and God's world? You right. know. Now, that doesn't mean if somebody says, what is that? And you say, that's a carrot. And God made the carrot. And God, I mean, that could be cumbersome if every time you answer a question. But it's the rest of life that communicates the idea that mom and dad are basing their actions and their words and their ideas on something. And mm -hmm. so this foundation of reliable research makes it so that as they get older, number one, you in continue to um, encourage being inquisitive and wanting to find things out. Yeah. You reminded me of a um, situation with my oldest when she was when she was a little girl. We we were pretty consistent with saying, you know, this is the way God made things. And she knew enough of her Bible, um, you know, to know that that God created. And so when she got a little bit older and was reading and we were homeschooling, we bought a set of encyclopedias and she sat down on the floor reading these encyclopedias. And I don't even remember exactly what she was reading about, but in horror, she jumped up and said, whoever wrote this book does not know what they're talking about because God made this. It didn't evolve. And so we want our kids to be able to have some sense of discernment, you know, when, um, when they're told that the earth is billions of years old and just happened by accident. So she was able to recognize that as a small child. So even though she was, she was looking at 
uh, a set of encyclopedias, which a lot of people would would say is is a, a good place for for research. And that goes back to when parents build up a family library, make sure that you know what's in the books you purchased because that's your responsibility. I had a similar circumstance where I was reading to one of my children and we were going through these books of encyclopedias that my father had purchased for us and you know, very nicely done and everything else. And we got to a point where I'm reading because I didn't read ahead of it. So as I'm reading it, I'm hearing it. And it's all about the earth being billions of years old. And I said to the child, no, 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 this is not true. We don't believe this. And then we turned the page and I read the next thing. And she said, well, should we believe this? And I said, well, yes. And she goes, well, why? If you didn't believe the last one. And then I put that book away. I said, look, unless I'm going to cherry pick, which is an appropriate thing to do with children, what it is they're going to be hearing and exposed to. But we don't, just because it's an encyclopedia and it was purchased in the grocery store, if you had so many groceries, a lot of people got their encyclopedias that way, right? I don't know if they still do stuff like that. But the point is, is that you have to have this foundation, but then you have to have good material. So most people say, let's go to the library. Well, if you've been to a modern public library, you might not find that to be the best place to do research. You know why? Well, the, the real stuff isn't in there anymore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, let me ask you this. So I know that at some point, at some point we have to be able to, re to wrestle with these things. We've got to know what the, what scripture says about things. We have to, to check. I, I think, um, I think about original source documents, you know, that I'm sure that's something that we need to look at original source documents rather than what somebody else, rather than how somebody else translate them. And so we think of the scripture as our original source documents, but we have to be able to, you know, we can't always keep the kids from these ideas of, of the big bang. And so, you know, to be able to, converse about them appropriately, you know, we need to do that too, right? Right. You you teach the real so that people can spot the counterfeit. Obviously, your daughter had been taught the real yeah. without you having to tell her in her, you know, fervency that this is not reliable, she could spot the counterfeit. So yeah. learn the real so you can spot the counterfeit. Okay, so we talked about the Bible, we talked about parents. And of course, studying the Bible is a progressive thing. What you understand at three is different than what you understand at 13, is different than what you understand at 23. Your experience has um, been expanded. Your knowledge base has been expanded. So aside from parents and the Bible, there are grandparents, there are sisters and brothers, aunts and uncles, people in your church. And it's no surprise probably that people who are listening, they don't all agree with each other on everything. Just go to a family dinner <laughs> and uncle so-and-so is arguing with aunt so-and-so and grandpa wants everybody to stop talking about that. But no, 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 he just read. So instead of saying, oh, let's, can't we just have a nice peaceful dinner where we don't talk about anything important that would get anybody interested, that you note these things, you either prepare your children for the fact that, you know, 
and so and so doesn't necessarily believe the Bible is true. However, she's a member of our family and the conversation will go different places. So you may hear somebody advocating why a woman has a right to choose or why um, public schools are wonderful, even though you're homeschooling or hearing other people tell your parents that they're they're depriving you of something important because you're not going to quote unquote outside school. Mm -hmm. If you have this foundation and they have questions that come out of it, that's the time to say, well, okay, well, why don't you research this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, right. Like, that's why, an important you, thing. why don't you research the history of Planned Parenthood? Mm -hmm. Okay. And here's mm -hmm. some books that I can tell you. And, you know, it, once you've read these books, there may be some other books that you could read that have a totally different opinion. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have a reference point, their research might just devolve to the last thing I read must be true. Exactly. Exactly. That is a very, very, very important point because a lot of people would want to homeschool to protect their kids from these ideas instead of preparing them appropriately to hear them um, and and know what to um, what is correct and what's not. And also when we think about Aunt Susie or Uncle Bob or you know whatever these people that are in our families in our life and our neighbors that we don't disagree that we don't agree with 100%, it's important to remember that just because they're wrong about one thing doesn't mean they're wrong about everything. And that our understanding does change and our theology does grow. And we need to let people, you know, trust God with that thing. And so it's not always that we have to say, well, they're wrong about that. So we don't talk to them anymore. You know, a good analogy is this. Um, if you've ever been to a nursery, a plant nursery, those plants are, are planted and they grow in this very controlled environment, controlled weather, controlled sunlight, uh, you know, the various temperature things, how much sun they get, but they don't stay in the nursery. Eventually right. they go out and they end up in people's homes or they end up in people's gardens. Right. Another analogy would be you take your clothes to the dry cleaner, they come out in a plastic bag but you don't wear them in a plastic bag. All these protections are for when they're going to be used. So our children from a very young age have to learn that they have to be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within them. Now, if they have hope, no hope within them, that's step number one. That's where we are teaching them the fundamentals of the faith and the reality of the law and the gospel, right? right. It doesn't mean that everybody who comes out of a Christian home is going to live faithfully as a Christian. But certainly, and we've talked about this throughout this whole series of homeschooling helps, that the parent's responsibility is to transmit the truth. What mm -hmm. those children do with that truth when they get older, well, they're going to account to God for that. Not to, That right. won't be on our account unless we haven't done our due diligence. And mm -hmm. for those who didn't when their kids were growing up, it's not like all is lost. You can be an influence and present these things now. Right, right. So building a family library, I encourage homeschooling families to share their libraries with each other. Everybody doesn't have to buy every piece of material they could share. Churches should have libraries and we should invite people and create spaces where people can come and get other material and other points of view. 
um, like you said, the goal isn't to have someone not know what the opposition thinks. For goodness sake, Jesus certainly knew what his opposition thought. And Paul the Apostle certainly knew what his opposition thought because he was part of the opposition originally. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's okay. There's a there's a point at when, that it, when that's appropriate to learn how to navigate. Right. And we never have to be afraid of our children hearing things that aren't true so mm-hmm. long as they're not getting their initial exposure to that thing coming from the enemies of God. And that's why putting young children into a public school is so deadly for Christian families because they may have teachers that are living the homosexual lifestyle who are deemed good teachers, but now the children are getting, oh, well, this person was very nice. Well, maybe that person was very nice, but we can't get away from the fact that God's law is very specific about certain behaviors. And and that's why it's important that there's this foundation laid. Right. So um, what are some of, so we talked about, you know, generally the the concept of the kids being researchers naturally. We are researchers naturally. We do want to know why. That's something that God has given us. Right. And, you know, sometimes we just, sometimes really, we just have to be able to say, because that's the way God made it. And, and just know that we're, we're not going to get to the end of that little, um, we're not going to get to the end of that any other way than to accept that this is the, these are the circumstances God has given us. This is the way God made things work. And we need to leave it alone. But there are other things that we need to um, to research and, and encourage our kids to research. You talked about libraries and um, and these ideas. Is there um, is there anything particularly that you feel like we need to encourage our children to research on their own? OK, before I answer that question, I think I should deal with the Google comment that you made. Okay. Okay. Now there's this joke within search engine optimization um, circles that talks about where do some, where do businesses go to die? And the answer is on page two of Google. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Right. Right. If you don't go on the top page, you're done. Right. And that's where once you allow your children to start researching online, particular things, and that's the way people find things out. They need to understand the format. They need to understand the bias. They need to understand something called content writers. Now, hopefully I'm not offending anybody out here, but I've done content writing. So for example, a business that sells flowers. So there'll be a lot of articles that appear on Google depending on how they've gotten themselves positioned, that talks about why lilies are a much better flower for your wedding than tulips or daisies. And there are key words that are put into those Google responses that you get, then you open it up and they have links within those that get you to go to another place and now you're somebody's customer. So it's important to know that with Google, as with Facebook, whenever you're on there, data is being collected about you and about the things you're looking for. Now, some people say, well, that's why I don't do anything with Google or Facebook. Well, good luck, because today, for whatever reason, that's like saying, 
I'm not going to travel on the Roman roads in the first century because they were made by the Roman Empire. Yeah, but they yeah. also allowed people to go out and share the gospel with other people. Mm -hmm. So they need to understand that just because I saw it online doesn't mean it's true. And in the advent of various political parties claiming each other has fake news, guess what? They probably all do in as much as if they are not governed by the truth and they know that God is watching their thoughts, their words, and their deeds, they're going to be in a position where they don't care if they tell a lie. Right. Right. So when you do this research, that's where the foundation of scripture comes in so that you say, okay, how does this measure up? Does this make sense that this would be true in terms of what God's word says. Mm -hmm. Now keep in mind that the person writing that content or the story that you read, these people might actually believe the lie. There may be people who actually think abortion is healthcare for women. There are people who actually think that the child in the womb isn't really a child at all until someone else decides it's a child. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you don't want your children, and then as they get older, young adults and adults, to know what other people think. How are you going to be able to engage them if, A, you don't have a standard by which to comment on their world and life view? Right, right. That's, that's the most important thing. If we don't, if as believers, we don't develop a biblical worldview and, and have God's word as our standard, then, like you said, we're just believing you know, whatever Google's top pick is for us or whatever the last person's opinion was that we talked to, you know, we become like those, um, like tossed around in the ocean, you know. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So instead of making the first research projects that you do with your kids, again, once you're, you ha have done all the necessary things you want to do to make sure they're not going to end up on sites that you don't want them to end up on. And I imagine that there are filters that are, exist now for that. How about, you know, hey kids, we're going on a vacation in August. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want you to research where you'd like to go. Okay. I want to go to Disneyland. Okay. I want you to research what it'll cost to get there. Mm -hmm. If you drive, what it'll cost to get there. If we fly, how much the hotel cost? What does it cost to get into Disneyland? You know, oh, no, no, no. I want to spend the, the week at the beach. Okay, find out all the options and where we could stay. Number one, it'll keep them busy if they are interested in going to a particular place, but then they have to come back and report to you and then make their case why we should go to Disneyland or why we should go to the beach or maybe we could do both, right? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. research. Yes. And it's practically motivating for that. Yeah. It's practical research. Uh, another, um, there's two other um, types of research that I, I think would be a good exercise for students to be able to do. And that is um, you discussed earlier about, you know, if somebody had a different, a different idea than we do, um, they could develop, um, their position papers on different things. That's going to require some research. We know, I know that um, at the Calcedon Foundation, there's a lot of um, position papers for Dr. Rush Dooney. I know families that as part of their homeschool, rather than going through the, you know, text box curriculum, they, they require their children to have um, 
have a position on any number of particular topics. Exactly. You know, dad says, honey, you got to you got to make your decision on this. So you write your position paper. So, you know, I think that's valuable. Another thing that would be a very practical um, consideration is for the kids to do research on what they might want to do as an adult, you know, exactly some of those. And that's a paper that I assigned to my older children. And when I taught in co-op classes, Oh, you want to be a Marine biologist? Excellent. This is what I said that you had to do. Find out what a Marine biologist does. Find out what it costs to become a Marine biologist. Find out if, um, what's the sort of income a marine biologist could expect to make high and low end and then go out and find a marine biologist and talk to him and ask him if you had to do this again how would you do it differently or would you do it at all okay mm -hmm. that's research and that's practical research because you'd be surprised at how we had all these very glowing things he wants to be a lawyer marine biologist astronaut or whatever <laughs> Right. Well, I know these people now and they're adults and they have families and almost none of them are doing what they thought they were going to do. But the research was at least valuable in terms of figuring yes. out what the terrain was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You bring up yeah. something that I forgot to mention and shame on me. Organizations like the Chalcedon Foundation have a wealth of lectures, articles and books that become a very good place to do research. And they're not the only place. There are other places that once you, you know, find um, good resources in terms of organizations that are not in conflict with a biblical world and life view, the internet then becomes very useful. Now, again, you can read things on these sites that you might not agree with. And as a parent, Pardon me. You need to make sure that when you bring about discussion, whether it's at the dinner table or wherever you do it, if your young person has a conclusion that's different than yours, do not say you're wrong and I don't want to hear that. After all, you just ask them to research it. You'll at least know what it is they think. Right, right. And, and when we shut those doors on our children, then then we miss helping them and hearing where they are and what they need assistance with. What are those obstacles? What is they, what is their, their struggle? What is the lie that they're believing? Right. We wouldn't want, um, nobody today particularly likes to be told, be quiet because you don't agree with me yet. That seems to be the tenor in much of the public square. You mm -hmm. said something I don't like you offend me. Well, the only real place that we have to be concerned about offending is if we're offending God. So if your student comes up with a conclusion that's very different from scripture and whatever, better to know than not know and have someone who's just going to go, yes, 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 whatever you say. Because mm -hmm. I maintain that we think the most important time, and it's a very important time, is with our young children. But if you look at the book of Proverbs, it's always talking about the young man and warning the young man. Most eight-year-old boys do not have to worry about the adulterous woman, but an 18-year-old boy may have to. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, 
have we talked um, enough about how to access original source documents? Because that's I think that's very very important to to really to be able to it, it it's too easy this to get into this person's opinion versus this person's opinion. We really have to go back to original source documents. Do you know of a of a um of a place? particularly that is is really got good original sources again you can find that out by when you read a good book look at who that author included in referencing in the footnotes i know one person who is a very um eager student of rj rush Juni who started calcedon and she made a point of going and getting all the books that she saw in his books and now she's reading the books that he read and then wrote wow. about. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm sure there are other places that have such things. And it's not that we can't ever trust a textbook, but again, you want to know the world and life view of those who put it together. Mm -hmm. But just to make it clear, original source documents are still somebody's distillation of what they saw for those who didn't like George Washington and those who do like George Washington both original source documents might not agree with each other, right? But the whole idea of coming to a conclusion isn't that you're, you're going to have the mind of God and you're going to know exactly what happened, but you're going to have an informed opinion. And yeah. so if you're used to doing practical research, like let's say kids say, you know, I'd like to have a, a, a uh, what do you call it? A playhouse in the back, a tree house. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you, and you say, okay, we'll find out how much a treehouse costs. And they go online and they go, oh, it costs $20,000. Well, I'm sorry, we're not going to do it. So how might you make a, a treehouse? Research what it would need. What do the materials cost? In other words, for children and, and, and students, find something that they're interested in. Having um, a 10-year-old uh, discuss with you what the Crusades were really all about they're not ready to do that unless they've read a lot about the Crusades in terms of were they a good thing or were they a bad thing? Um, is the history been skewed? Ha has it, who wrote the history and how do we decide this? There's lots to learn in the world, but if we don't learn how to learn them and we're not taught how to be discerning, which comes after wisdom. See, wisdom begins, doesn't end, begins with the fear of the Lord. And then right. once you have wisdom, then you have understanding and you have um, discernment and you can hold a perspective and not think that you're on this sinking sand, that you're on solid ground. Right. So um, you're going to have a very difficult time teaching something that you don't do. And children should see their parents studying to be more effective in their witness for Jesus Christ. And if most parents are like we were then and now, we don't know everything there is to know. So we always have to be maintaining ourselves as students. That's right, that's right. Well, Andrea, it looks like our 30 minutes is up, unfortunately, I, but I think this is um, very, you've brought up some very important points, very practical. Um, considerations for for folks so um let's be found faithful great and let me say for anybody who watches this either live here or um, when they watch it as a recording 
neither one of us got it right while we were doing it. I don't want anybody to think, oh, they were just so much more advanced. They, they understand all these things. A lot of what we learned, we learned through trial and error mm-hmm. with a lot of error. <laughs> right. And since then, like for, for me, I haven't been actively homeschooling for over 10 years. So I'm drawing a lot on what I did, what I wish I would have done, Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm still involved with teaching people and learning things myself. So one of the things that researching anything should get us to be used to is that we're going to find out, hmm, I wasn't right six months ago, yeah. six years ago. Um, maybe there's more I need to explore. Or maybe I can't even come to a conclusion until I do a little bit more research. There's so much stuff that we don't even know that we don't know yeah you know so, so anyway. you're right we should ne- we have not arrived nor will right. we but um there's it is certainly true that we will never form the depths of the the truth of god and the wonders of his uh creation you know exactly. of which he has given us responsibility to um steward and to seek him out you know, right. seek out in these things. You know, scripture says that it's the, it's, um, help me, I, I can't quote it correctly, but some about the king's glory to conceal a matter and the glory of a, a man to seek it out. So we right. that talk about researching, dig it up, find it out, see what's right. in there. And ha- going to the Servant on the Mount, having a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Well, mm-hmm. that's a hunger and thirst another way of saying it for God's justice. And there's no way you're going to appreciate God's justice unless you know what he said, and then you witness how that has played out in history. If you wanna know if, I brought up the Crusades, were the Crusades a good thing or a bad thing? Was the Inquisition a good thing or a bad thing? Was the Renaissance a good thing or a bad thing? You need to have a foundation with which to judge and then realize, as you said, just because somebody was wrong here or we would consider them wrong here doesn't mean they were wrong about everything. Mm -hmm. If that were the case, all anybody would have to do is find out where we're wrong on something and then we could be totally discredited and nobody should listen to anything that we say, which I hope is not the case. I I don't think it is, but you're right. You know, we, we do have to, um, we have to recognize that as we do our research. And, and I know that Dr. Rush Jenny was very good about that. And, um, you know, recognizing when even in his opponents um, were when they were right about something to be able to say, hey, they're right about this. But, you know, not about something else. So so that takes a lot of confidence and um, grace. And um, so I appreciate that. And we we should be that that people. Exactly. All right, my friend, until next time. Um, and thanks everybody for listening. And if there's a subject that you would like to have us cover, feel free to include it in the comments and uh, or find us on Facebook. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit thekingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.